it may not seem to make much sense to talk to a psychiatrist about the effect of media on the public opinion of artificial intelligence, but in this episode on the Tech Emergence podcast, I may have an exception. Dr. Joanne Pransky graduated from Tufts University with a doctorate in the mid-80s and uh, called herself the first robot psychiatrist, essentially a tongue-in-cheek way of expressing her belief in the inevitability that we'll eventually have to interact with robots and AI uh, in a serious way, emotionally and intellectually, and that the world needs to prepare for that. And now, since then, uh, since the mid-80s, as she's uh, been championing this cause of taking uh, the future of technology seriously, she's been on The Tonight Show on NBC with Jay Leno, the Discovery Channel, Sci-Fi Channel, CNN, and and uh, a host of other major media outlets essentially bringing this cause to light and bringing technology to light to the public. Uh, today we speak about the current public opinion of AI by Joanne's perspective um, and where she thinks media may be going right and, and where it may be going wrong in terms of how we're molding public opinion about this most important technology. So I had an absolute blast with this interview. I'm sure that you're going to enjoy it as well. Without further ado, let's roll right in. All right, Joanne. So. I'm interested initially in, in sort of you know the the media's perspective on robotics and, and AI. Sometimes it can lean in the very optimistic side of things. Sometimes it can lead in the, the very pessimistic side of things. Sometimes it'll promote a good ethical conversation. Um, sometimes it'll be very polarized. In terms of what you like about what's happening in media uh, today, in terms of bringing robotics and AI sort of to the fore for for the general American populace. Um, is there, is there anything about media that you like today that you think is actually fruitful in proliferating a, a useful conversation around these technologies? Well, yes, and I do work a lot in the media, but what I like is an accurate depiction and thought-provoking discussion and what is real, separating what is real, not science fiction and science, yep. but giving it the real accurate picture. And I spend a lot of time... <laughs> bashing negative headlines, for example, yep. robot kills human, when actually the, the human killed himself by not following proper safety standards. Yep. The challenge is that I think most of our country, because robotics is just kind of starting to come into some serious mainstream, yep. is that they're ignorant. So if you believe what you read, then, then I think that people... Um, have a very negative and inaccurate depiction. So a lot of a lot of things are, are, are publicized with the word robot, and there's nothing about the robot in the article. I mean, a, a chatbot or a bot, everything with the word bot is a robot. You know, yep. this, is, this, is, this is not helping all of robotics and AI. It is, it is not the case, and it leads people on the wrong path. What I've tried to do for almost 30 years is to show robots. If a picture's worth a million words, then a video of a robot is worth a billion words. And by seeing real robots in action, that shows people a lot and helps helps them to see and think about some of the issues, including not just a staged robot in action, but including its failures. So you have the very famous, probably the most famous video robot in the entire world is Boston Dynamics Big, big dog, yeah, and I mean, it's received millions and millions of hits. And yet, if you if you take that big dog and someone is kicking it because that's what you have to do for, to test its stability, when you're getting up, its ability, the public then 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 the media is like, human human hurts dog in a robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Human ki- kicks robot. Is this the way our future is going to be? Well, hello, you know, the 
Thomas Healy was an engineer. That's what he's designed to do. This is testing people. This is beta testing. We can't go further without it, you know. And this is the technology that could lead to different, different. It could be robotics and and, and legs, but it also could be exoskeletons for us to wear. We don't want it to fail on us. So. Yep. I, I can't say I have a love-hate relationship, but I do try to bash, um, <laughs> I do try to call out, and there's a lot, a lot today of, of misuse of the word robot, and I, I believe most of it, most of it is ignorant, but what, what I do like is, is the thought-provoking shows like Humans, and the movie like Her. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to... I mean, okay, this, got is, it. this is what I dream about, I mean, I used to, you know, I I used to like watch maybe three robot movies a year in the in the late eighties, and now now it's like I can't keep up, and it's it's just fascinating. And, and these these are things that get gets people to think. So you you like those? I was going to ask. You know, I know that there's a number of movies, and and um, you know, I I like yourself, and in, in terms of what I, I believe you're you're mentioning, I I'm a I'm I'm not uh, I'm not a big fan of sort of the proliferation of inaccurate information. Um, I, I'm certainly I don't consider myself ultimately pro-robot above all else, or ultimately anti-robot, but I do think if we're going to call a spade a spade for the world to actually think, um, we should really kind of call a, a spade a spade. You know, a lot of what I was going to bring up is sort of your perspective around science fiction today. I know her and Ex Machina uh, were two recent examples of artificial intelligence and or robotics um, kind of making their way into the mainstream. It sounds like you thought that maybe those were uh, fruitful in terms of helping to proliferate some of the seeds of these ethical conversations that we'll need to consider? Well, absolutely. I mean, this is what a robotic psychiatrist dreams about because I've been waiting for 29 years to have patience, if you will, quote-unquote. <laughs> exactly the issues I've been thinking about, actually, for 40 years, not to date myself, but it's the truth. So what is it like to have a robot live with us and be a nanny and a robot lover? And how, how is it going to change the whole family dynamics, I mean, these to me are not science fiction, they're inevitable. Now, whether or not it occurs exactly as you see it in science fiction in our lifetime, or should I say pre-singularity, is, 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 you know, a different question. To me, it's yep. not a question of when, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a question of, I mean, it's happening, it's just, it's not yet, it's a question of, of, of when. I, I'm, I'm so, of the same belief, yep. So, I mean, obviously, who knows the, the future, right? I mean, it's, Look, I'm the world's first robotic psychiatrist, and, and people like now it's like, well, what what school did you go to for that? You know, so <laughs> I am science fiction, and I'm not coming to yet. But one day, there will be a career for someone that that analyzes robots, like Susan Calvin and in, in Asimov's iRobot, yep. and, and observes, and the human interface is talking and watching their behavior, and, and robots that that learn it by being just. In their own environment, like a child. I mean, I think that was the biggest link for me back almost 30 years ago. Um, but then there are a lot of things that that, that aren't necessarily uh, going to happen. But I, I think I think it's all fantastic. Everything from BattleBots to humans, because it's on the table. It is big, and it gets people to think. I would like to see more of. What I do, actually, <laughs> not not in the sense that it's documentary and it's not science fiction, but it takes. A, I like to, to take what I call my robot patients, and I haven't launched it yet, but the robotic psychiatrist channel. So I'd like to take a robot that's being used, say a telepresence robot, for example, and bring it in a brand new environment, a brand new application, because even though today, let's say, the primary telepresence applications would be uh, medical or 
workers, you know, for, for businesses who yep. can, can remotely go on a manufacturing line in Ireland or something. But I see these as game changers for other industries. So I, I'm actually, so I take this robot and I bring it into a brand new environment with real people and not staged in a whole, and, and try to use it as an application. And then what we see from that, both its failures and its its strengths and weaknesses, I think that that's all the good things about media. But to answer your question, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I really, in general, I would have to say that a lot of science fiction does come through. So yeah, yeah, that's that, I'm, I'm with you. So okay, so you you you've enjoyed those those films. I actually haven't watched her yet, uh, but I've oh, but I've seen. Uh, I know, I know. I've been I've been told. I've been told that uh, that yeah, I ought it's, to. It's, it, these to me, I mean, there are certain movies that are not. I mean, and I have to say, even though I did work and consult for the movie Ender's Game and Eagle's Eye, that I'm not of the generation of you know computer simulation. I mean, I mean, it's a lot of that in these movies. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But when you have themes like her and ex machina and really touch upon what the discussion is today, really get you to think about what it might be like to to marry a robot. Or, no, I mean, I think I think like, these are these are it, rather rather curious considerations and, and things that yes. that again, like you had mentioned, we 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 ought to you know I, I think. For me personally, what I've enjoyed about some science fiction is that I think it it doesn't it doesn't provide answers. It just provides potential future scenarios. And and um, when uh, when we were talking to David Brin, he had mentioned sort of the use of science fiction for sort of fleshing out where the sand traps might be in the future. In other words, what are some really rough futures? What are some what are some big mistakes we might make if such a technology is possible? And I think that sparking those conversations, I believe, on the aggregate. Uh, will be beneficial for man, um, and 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 uh, and it's good to hear that, that you're um, that you've enjoyed some of the some of the recent films. You'd mentioned also, Joanne, that um, you believe that it's useful for folks to really see actual robots in actual use. And and I, you know, I'm I'm a fan of calling a spade a spade. And if you're going to understand robotics, there's no better way than to really see a robot, to see multiple robots sort of performing their job. What are they capable of today? What have they become capable of? Where were they ten years ago? I think that that is very informative in terms of learning about where robots are today. Um, are there maybe shows online or, or particular sources that, that you think um, proliferate that well and, and do a good accurate job of sort of showing a robot as a robot and explaining where the field is today? Well, the, the, a spade, a spade, and a robot, and a robot is still like completely unanswered in the robotic industry. So if you ask in a robotic conference what a robot is, it may default to the industrial, the uh, robotic industry association of what an industrial robot is, is a manipulator, programmable, blah, 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 blah. So it, it is still all this, it, it's still a catch-all. So yeah. probably like I think it was Asma that said, I, 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 I love them when I see one. You know, today everything is a robot. So people are calling a robot a robot. So to answer your question about, about different shows, so my, my market is really the, the National Enquirer right, the, yep. the ones that are watching the, the new Kate Lynn Jenner show or something that I don't even watch, but <laughs> it, so for them, I mean, there are a tremendous amount of documentaries and science shows, but I don't think that that really cap captivates the general public hmm. um, in terms of that they're going to turn this on or they'd rather watch 
mean, BattleBots is great because even though that's not quite an autonomous robot or even I mean, it's a remote control robot, but yet it gets people to have water cooler talk about discussion with yep. the robot. So um, I don't think it's it's quite a robot can be many many different different things, and um, I think that the more we put these on the table in terms of TV and shows, I mean I love I love humans, even though it's specifically dealing with humanoids, yep. the Department of Humanoids, um, and then I think there's some uh, online publications like Robotic Trends that every day covers the news in robotics and. But that's not, and, you know, there are video clips of that. But it's uh, not necessarily as a National show. Enquirer uh, type type demographic, as you had mentioned there, per se. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah BattleBots probably. No, that, that, that I think that would fit the bill. Uh, that would fit the bill. That's that's enough. Like uh, you know, the old gladi gladiator games. You know, the 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 bread and circus kind of thing. That's yeah. enough. That's enough circus for well, sort of the. That's also a promotion of engineering. <laughs> Sport, but it is it is a promotion of engineering and technology for sure. It's at least bringing it into the fore a bit, right? Yep. Um, it, Joanne, I'm curious as to your perspective. You know, I know that there's a lot of talk now around uh, autonomous robots uh, in military applications. A lot of folks who who are potentially on the side of of really saving a lot of human lives by maybe not having as many people in these darn airplanes, as many people uh, on the ground. You know, diving into the caves in Afghanistan, whatever the case may be. Um, and uh, and maybe believing that that robots could be programmed to be maybe even more ethical than humans in, in certain instances and situations where maybe they would make you know decisions to save civilians in a, in a better way than even regular soldiers could or something along along those lines. There's other folks that are really of the belief that um, any kind of autonomous military uh, uh, you know entity in and of itself would be far too dangerous and would sort of throw us into a, a pretty gruesome arms race that, that uh, maybe we really ought to try to avoid as much as possible. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on that particular debate in terms of the, the direction that that, that conversation is going in? Well, first of all, I think it's great to have this discussion now. I, I think it's always been great to have it the past four years. But the, the word autonomous, again, is a catch-all. So when most people think of autonomous, they think completely without human supervision, and that is incorrect. So that, to me, is the first issue that we have to discuss and get, get across. Yeah, let's. Autonomous robot does not necessarily mean that it's 100% unsupervised by a human in the decision-making group. And all military robots presently are not of that autonomy. There's always a human involved in some decision in the group. And we, you and I could toss back case after case of a pilot that commits suicide, or a, a human uh, cop that decides out of uh, prejudice to, to kill a civilian. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there are a million ways that we can have this discussion, but I, I, will, I will say the following, and this is what I really strongly believe. I really believe that when it comes to humans, the most important thing is not the future of intelligence and AI. It is social intelligence and emotional intelligence. And if we're going to be working with entities and technology as we merge together, and again, I'm giving you a very crude example, but yep. the line of, we can't get it right between ourselves, how are we going to get it right with, with something that's, that's not quite 100%, uh, you know, of, of uh, um, you know, 100% 100 biological yep. versus non-biological. And I think there should be more 
emphasis on issues like Kohlberg's moral law, laws of judgment. And Remind me of those Kohlberg's moral laws. I'm sure you know a, a good chunk of the audience may not be familiar with Kohlberg's uh, moral laws there. Okay, well, basically, it starts where it, it's, it's kind of like he was this, I mean, I'm not really up to date on it either, but he was this psychologist, and he, in, in um, let's see. Kohlberg, I'm, he, I, for some reason, yeah. yeah. He, um, he had these levels of, of, like, stages of morality. So, so ah, okay, okay. At the, very, at the very basic and then going to, you know, very, very high up in like, terms of being completely, you know, ethical, that sort of thing. Okay, like moral development of, of, uh, of someone's it, psyche, per yeah, se, or something? stages. Okay, got exactly. it, got it, understood. Um, and I think that is um, very important in any of these discussions. I, I agree, and, and I... I you know, really more than anything else, I think that um, with these technologies that are clearly so powerful, you know, right now to make a, a nuclear weapon, you really do need a lot of equipment, uh, at least at present. You know, it's not like a, you know, microwave and, uh, you know, and, and some rubber bands. It's, it's, it takes a lot and, and you, you, it's tough to make a nuke sort of on your own without anybody knowing. Um, but, you know, in the future, maybe in terms of artificial intelligence or nanotech or, or some of these other... You know, there, there may be smaller and smaller groups that are capable of, of, of you know, doing some serious damage. Um, I think that, you know, as you had mentioned, tackling that, uh, those social concerns around sort of um, treating each other and, 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 and dealing with each other in the world, we sort of have to have that nailed before these technologies are so darn powerful. I don't know how optimistic I am about that, but I will say that um, I, think, I think if we're going to be on the, I forget who said it, if it was Buckminster Fuller, or maybe it was Asimov, you know, uh, spaceship Earth. You know, if we're going to be together here on Spaceship Earth, trying to make it, uh, we, we might as well be on the same darn team, and, and I'm very much with you uh, on that. I think we, we ought to start within ourselves to be sort of Gandhi-ish, if I might. Um, and now, to, to that point as well, Joanna, as a final topic, you know, I know that in addition to uh, the concerns about around autonomous robots, and of course autonomous is a fuzzy term. I mean, if we want to go far enough, everything is fuzzy. I mean, every, what is a plant? You know, what is, uh, what is a utilitarian? I mean, of course, we go on forever. So uh, autonomous is tough as well. But if we talk about, you know, the concerns of, let's say, um, you know, Musk with respect to the Future of Life Institute and sort of aiming to put in place some, some degree of safeguards around the developments in AI and, uh, and sort of, you know, keeping... You know, I don't know if it's keeping the Terminator at bay. I don't think anybody thinks it'll roll out like that. But, but, uh, but ensuring that, that these m massively powerful cognitive systems may, may not sort of turn against us in some HAL-type form. Do, do, you, do you see those efforts uh, and, and sort of the publicity that, that Musk's decisions there uh, have, have drawn to light, do you see those as kind of henny-penny and pessimistic? Um, do you see those as fruitful and proliferating conversation? Do you think he's a little bit maybe too ahead of the times in terms of having to think about something like that? What, what are your thoughts around you know, folks like him and Gates and Hawking uh, who are really fearing uh, some future developments in AI? Well, I, I, you, can't, you can't, I mean, these are the top people in the world, they would know. <laughs> and, and yes, I think it's pessimistic, but I can't, I can't fault them for their thoughts, and I certainly think that you know, added there Ray Kurzweil, and you've got the four top scientists in the world of the future of, of AI, perhaps, in, in robotics. So, uh, but yes, at the, at the end of the day, I do, I do consider the public's reaction to be, to be pessimistic. And on the other hand, 
I have to commend Musk because if actions speak louder than words, he's put millions into the Future of Life Institute, so I get him credit for dealing yep. with that. And then when it comes down to, to but these, but they're scientists, they're the world's greatest inventors, but they're not sociologists. So no. that the public has to keep in mind. So their perspective of a society and the implications may or may not necessarily be true, and yep. that we have to keep with a grain of salt, because I, I can't see the benefit other than just shocking headlines, and like I said, they're, they're, they're not, with all due respect, there are many things, but they are they are not psychologists, yep. so it, it depends how you want to look at it, that we've always adapted, I mean, I mean, Ray Kurzweil doesn't have that, that I mean, we, have, we all have concerns and fears, but I don't believe that someone like Ray Kurzweil is, is, is that pessimistic about it because I think he sees it as more integrated. No, he, he and isn't. And, and I think, you know, uh, it, it wouldn't really behoove him to be even if he was because if you're working at Google and speaking about the the harms of AI, you're sort of working against, uh, you know, the, well, the, the value of the shares, right? So it's really, really well, tough even, to... Uh, even before that. Oh, no, of course. For sure. For sure. That's been his, that's been his perspective. Yep. He's and been I, a... And then I, I, I don't know how much... Um, I mean, I, I, without giving an exact comment, I like to know how much, you know, did, did, did Musk really, is this his exact quote? Or did the media just like yeah, this quote? Yeah, no, it, it's, twist yep, quote? So exactly, I, yep. But in general, I, I don't, I'm, I'm on a point of like, yes, if I'm trying to prepare humanity that this quote is not helping, whether it's published by the media or it's said. I, I can't dispute whether it's real or not because I have my own concerns. So and I, yeah. I, I can't I can't see how I mean, like I said, actions speak louder than words, keep putting millions into the research and and of, of all these issues yep. in, in the future of life institute and let's see what what comes of it. I, I yeah, uh, what comes of it and more yep. more money and more attention to it, but yep. Pessimistic part, I, I I have to take a logical approach to say it's not helping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm I, to be frank. I mean, I'm, I'm again, I, I don't consider myself a, a pessimist or or an optimist. I think a kind of blind pessimism is pretty silly. Blind optimism, probably equally silly, to be frank with you. Um, but uh, but but you know, uh, if it's just promoting kind of henny penniness, I think on the aggregate in terms of our decision making, maybe it's harmful. You, you know, and and maybe this is being pessimistic myself, Joanne. And this will be my my very last question. Um, you know, do, do you think that we'll be able to draw enough attention to these topics before, you know, I, I, not to, again, it's pessimistic to say before it's too late, but do you think we'll be able to draw uh, attention, enough attention to these topics around how we're going to roll these technologies forth with, you know, the, these broad technologies of artificial intelligence and robotics, um, without something big and bad happening? In other words, sort of like the environment, you know, the the polar ice caps haven't literally cracked in half and sunk New York City. You know, if that happened, I bet you there'd be some pretty serious legislation around, uh, you know, quitting the smog stuff. Uh, however, um, you know, there hasn't been as much action as, as maybe some folks would, would hope. Same thing we might expect with respect to AI. I think we've been pretty bad uh, 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 stewards of Earth, um, to, for lack of better terms, and maybe we'll be bad stewards of technology because there hasn't been a gargantuan, big negative effect kind of Pearl Harbor equivalent to really spook everybody into taking these ethical considerations seriously. Do you think that just through awareness alone and really a willingness to take on these issues before they're too big of a deal, do you think humanity is is capable of that even in the best of situations, or do you think it's going to take something really gruff 
uh, to sort of wake everybody up and, and realize that we got to get on some similar pages around policy and around sort of how we're going to deal with these technologies in the future. Well, I think I think that human nature is that unless there is something catastrophic, we don't respond as well or as quickly. Yep. So it just it doesn't necessarily have to be so. <coughs> excuse me. Doom, dooming or doomsday about it. So last week the com computers stopped United Airlines on the same day that it stopped the stock market. So, yeah. you know, we, we, pay, we pay attention a little bit more. Like, why, why is that happening? Were we hacked? Is this terrorism? <clears throat> is this poor, poor programming? How can, how can uh, Blue Shield of California, Blue Cross of California, and millions of people's uh, private information, so security, so, so those to me are, are alarms. They're not catastrophic because people didn't die. Yep. But... These are the issues that, that to me, are, are many of what you just said. And unfortunately, it is these issues that make us look at, at and make us change laws. And I think that's just the way it's always been. Like yep. I said, if we were earlier, if we were, if it was 1968, and I, I'm telling you, you know, HAL is, is, is a great, HAL in 2001 is, is a great way to talk about computers and programming and, and how do they get to be this and how to get that and, and people are like, computers are going to take over the world and they're going to kill us <laughs> and they're going to throw people up. You know, and that never happened. Yeah. We kind of just all transformed. But what we absolutely need to bring laws and regulations to the federal attention. And someone, and, and I, I attended the first robotic law conference four years ago, and there were just a few people. And that's, that's changing with hundreds. So robotic law is a very huge field. I once predicted in the Late '80s, it was the largest field of law, and Ryan Callo is um, at the University of Washington is, is doing a lot in our country to try to make some of these and bring it like a, a, a wants a federal commission, a, you know, appointed on on these issues that deal with autonomy and, and military I like robotics. It. Yeah. So I mean that that's that's huge. I mean it's just it's just huge. So I. I certainly started uh, robotics at Kyoto 30 years ago out of tremendous fear and concern, and I just we just have to hope that by bringing these discussions more and more and more, that we as a as a society do the right things. But but it's not until we have to. In other words, it's not until we have to that we're really motivated. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, yep. So like 10 years ago, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe marrying between you know. Genders is is it even an issue? Because I'm thinking about you know bigger concerns. Human and a robot. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. Like I, I, so, so, but now it's now you can see. So that that happened. So, I mean, think about it. Things like marriage for humans, even just being for a lifetime, that that event hasn't even changed. And now with post singularity, the humans are expected to live to 150. So who's going to take wedding vows for 120 years? I mean, so these are things. Whether it's significant. And it's 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 weapon weaponry and autonomy, or whether it's some of the other aspects that stem off of technology and its impacts on society. You know, we just have to keep making these discussions happen and getting the that's, thoughts out there. That's and exactly try to be it. Less alarming, you know, is 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 uh, what was the radio? The that the world the world. Oh, yeah, 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 the, the, the War of yeah. Worlds, yeah, War of the Worlds or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. Joke. That was like a, a, an April Fool's joke, I believe. So yeah, yeah. It, 
you know, but it got people really scared. Spooked them out. People's negative, you know, emotions and fears. For sure. And, and yeah, I do, I do consider that to be manipulative and, and maybe, uh, again, counterproductive in many respects. Hopefully, Joanne, as you had mentioned, um, you know, some of these smaller concerns around the airlines and, and the, the financial trading algorithms and things along those lines will will be able to draw enough aggregate attention along with the folks working on uh, robotics law um, to to sort of make a general shift and bring these topics to light with no inherent catastrophe required. I, I will certainly be crossing my fingers on that uh, myself, and it sounds like we're working towards the same cause in that respect. Joanne, I, I know we're just coming to the very end of our uh, episode here. Uh, some folks are, are probably, you know, pretty darn interested in robotics itself and maybe the progress of robotics and artificial intelligence. Um, if they wanted to learn more about what you're up to in this particular space, uh, where would they go on the web to find you? Robot.md. And the MD is Moldava, believe it or not. And I had to pay a ton of money in the 90s <laughs> to get that. So it's www.robot.md. And then I am working on launching the Robotics Psychiatrist channel on YouTube. Oh, we will wait for that indeed then, Joanne. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast for Tech Emergence. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. Of course. And that wraps up this episode on the Tech Emergence podcast. Thanks for being here. And remember to subscribe on iTunes to stay on top of the latest news breaks, researcher perspectives, and entrepreneur interviews in artificial intelligence and neurotechnology and more. And we want to hear from you as well. So be sure to leave a review on iTunes, which are always appreciated, or contact us directly at info at techemergence.com. And remember, all of our entrepreneur interviews and interviews with top researchers from around the world, from Stanford to Oxford and beyond, can be found right on our main site at techemergence.com. Remember to sign up for the newsletter while you're there. So with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Figella signing off, and I'll see you next week.